I'm Stephen Gregory Smith. And I'm Matt Connor. Places, everyone. It's time for The, the Connor, Connor and Smith Show. Thank you, Places. I was trying to get really, like, tenery, rock tenery, but that really wasn't rock. It was, it was, it, it was, was a gr- mix. It was, yeah, it was a mix. I'm sorry. Uh, it was good. Tonight, our guest is Andre Como, who um, has a new album coming out called Clean Break. You may know Andre from The Real World Season 1, New York. He uh, was the long-haired fella with a rock band named Rain Dance. Now he's fronting his own band. Um, we really had a great conversation. We love his uh, albums, his music, his sound, his lyrics. Um, I particularly love his lyrics uh, and point some of them out in this podcast but um it's a great discussion about his work in, as a musician yeah and his journey and and where he you know what what the real world meant what his music means we focus more on his music in the real world because his music is what's important and all the real world uh season one people were all artists in their own way and that's what was different from all the other seasons. And we did touch on that a, a bit while we're talking to him. Yeah, and you'll hear all about that. Um, we're going to take a quick break, and then we'll be right back with Andre Como. We'll be right back. There we go. No echo. Great. Awesome. Hi. Welcome, Andre. Hi. Thank you. Um, I'm Stephen, and this is my husband, Matt. Hi, Stephen and Matt. Nice to meet you. Good to meet you as well. Um, So I wanted to start right out of the gate with Clean Break, your new single. Great. Um, What, besides the fact that we all need a clean break from the past four years. I'll take two. I'll take three clean breaks. Um, can you tell us the process about like what what made you? Because I know you had an EP in 2020, and we'll get to that next. But tell me what um, clean break kind of came from in your thought process. Well, you know, I um, I guess the song was just about needing, uh, uh, you know, a change, um, and I don't really want to you know, uh, spell it out too much, um, <laughs> as it's, uh, you know, I like, I like everyone to have, uh, you know, to take away their own meaning and find something, uh, that, um, that may or may not apply to their own lives rather than, you know, tell you what it applies, how it applies to mine and, and therefore limit its, uh, you know, uh, connectability. Um, I would say that, um, uh, in this instance, you know, clean break, it, it was literally just me uh, looking to make a change. And is this, so this is like a standalone sing- single. Is this like building towards like another EP or something like that? Or just, well, standalone? it's actually, it's actually the title track of my new album, oh. which, will, which will be out uh, this summer. Oh, great. Yeah. So we have more Andre music to look forward to. Um, you, you can't really say at this point when it comes out, right? Uh, you know, that's right. It's still, um, we're, we're, we're kind of spinning plates at the moment. We're mixing some songs. We, uh, we're mastering others and we're still tracking. So, um, uh, but, but the vast majority of it's all done. Um, it's just, we're putting some finishing touches on a couple of tracks, but in the, because it's still being mixed, uh, the, the actual release date is still up in the air. Gotcha. Um, so what are some, can you, can you, uh, give us like sneak preview of like some of the thoughts, ideas of songs that will be on the album? What kind of things were on your mind that you were writing about? Gosh, well, you know, we've all been in quarantine for the last (laughs) however long. And, uh, it's been a, a, a crazy period, unlike anything any of us have ever experienced. Um, and, uh, you know, the, the, um, the album, uh, runs the gamut of uh, of emotions that I was certainly feeling. Um, I made it a point to, um, you know, often, you know, uh, I I often write from a very dark place, uh, and you know, 
uh, like to, you know, get a lot of angst out. But I made it a point to um, to write some very positive um, lyrics and, and sentiments on this album as well. Um, you know, the uh, the track Glimmer of Hope is the most positive and life affirming thing I've ever written. Um, and um, and then on the other side of the coin, there's the song I Want You to Hurt, um, <laughs> <laughs> which obviously is uh, is not an ode to sadism as much as it is uh, 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 just kind of, um, uh, you know, the, a, a, a story about, you know, a bad relationship and um, and how someone feels uh, when they feel they've been wronged. Kind of the opposite of don't worry, be happy. <laughs> yeah, you could say that. Um, so I guess, you know, yes, the quarantine was really tough for many reasons, but you did get to spend time with your, your wife and daughter, right? Oh, every day. And, and that's such a precious time that like, there are things that we'll look back and it's terrible. I mean, losing 600,000 people is unthinkable, but, but we have to always look to the positive side of what good things came out of it or will come out of it. So mm-hmm. a lot of, a lot of my friends, um, we don't have children. We have, just in case you hear in the background, we have two fur babies. We have two pugs. Oh, um, nice. Pugs so if you sweet. hear, you know, snorts and grumbles, that's what that is. Um, well, I have two boxers, so you could probably hear something very similar. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the time that you got to spend uh, with your daughter and how old is she now? She's four. Oh my gosh. So really fun age. Yeah. Oh, so much fun. So much fun. Um, but you know, extremely trying as well. I, you know, as, as both my wife and I, um, uh, managed to, uh, keep our jobs the entire, uh, the entire time and work from home. And for the first half of the, uh, of 2020, um, uh, Sophie, my daughter, her daycare, uh, was closed. And, um, and so we were pulling um, double duty of being full-time parent and full-time employee, um, uh, you know, during the day. And that's very difficult to, to get your, you know, work done when you've got a four-year-old that just wants to play and wants attention and is trying to tear you away from your Zoom call with your boss or so on and so forth. You've got deadlines, you've got, um, uh, all kinds of uh, drama uh, that, you know, it, it, it's, uh, it, it was definitely difficult. However, um, it was wonderful to get to spend the time. Um, you know, I've been working from home for the last 15 years, so it wasn't that much of an adjustment for me. Um, what was an adjustment was making room and making time for my wife, who normally works um, uh, in an office. Um, you know, uh, she had to come home and work from home and then having uh, uh, Sophie home as well. That was the adjustment for me. Um, it, I think it was a much more um, uh, difficult adjustment for, for Erica, my wife. So you've, you've got a nine to five, so to speak. And as we say in the, you know, nine to five world, uh, also a five to nine. Yeah, exactly. That's more exactly. sometimes like five to 11. You know, but it's really, it's all music. So it's 24 seven. It's uh, I work in the music business in the daytime. I am music publishing and film and TV. And I, uh, I'm a music artist in the evening for the rest of the time. So it's music, music, music. That's, uh, <laughs> that is my life. So do you have like in your office, do you have like your own quote unquote studio that is like, you know, Andre's room with all of his toys? Yes. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Although it's a, uh, you know, uh, our, our house is, is small and, uh, 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 but yes, I do have my own office space with, uh, with, uh, with my stuff, which, you know, I have so much stuff that it's, it's, you know, bled out uh, of my office and uh, my poor daughter's closet is filled with my amplifiers and guitar cases. And I've got <laughs> guitar, I've got guitars in our pantry. I mean, I just have too much stuff. So um, yes, uh, uh, it's, um, I, I wish I had a room big enough to hold everything. I don't. <laughs> and, uh, and you look, you live in LA, right? Correct. Yeah. Where the weather is perfect. 
well, it's 100 degrees today. So is it really? Yeah, it was super hot. Uh, Starting yesterday, it got extremely warm and we're just in the middle of a real scorcher. Yeah, we live in D.C. and Mm, we have a phenomenon right now uh, called the 17 year brood X cicadas. Oh, I've 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 read a bit about it. It seems uh, kind of miserable. <laughs> it's it's a lot of fun. It's otherworldly. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Do they? Uh, I mean, other than just being um, sort of pests, um, are you uh, inconvenienced inconvenienced otherwise? Well, we have a we have a neighbor woman who like sweeps off the sidewalks every morning because her dog, well, most dogs eat them. So we have one neighbor that sweeps off all the sidewalks. So when she takes her dog, they don't eat them. It looks like the squirrels and the birds are gaining weight. Huh. Funny. Yeah. Like they look they bigger. Yeah. Well, there's a buffet. I mean, the, yeah. Like there's a right. squirrel in the front yard with a toothpick in his mouth, just like lounging. That's not true. Um, <laughs> so yeah, you're here with Cicada Talk. Um, <laughs> so Andre, what's your process when like a, something comes to you? Well, I mean, me and Stephen are also writers and actors in, in, in some sort of business. Um, do you have like tons of little notes laying around the house of like thoughts that you want to turn into a song? Do you automatically go to some um, your guitar and get some chord progressions? Do you, now what I do, which I'm not saying you do, but like I immediately have to record my crap because once I kind of leave it, if I don't, I, I have a hard time remembering exactly what I do. What's your sure. process? Well, it's, it's, it's everything you know, there is no one solution, one size fits all. Um, you know, I, uh, more often than not, more often than not, it starts with a, with a guitar, uh, riff or chord progression, but then, you know, uh, there, there have been times where, um, you know, it starts with a melody in my head or a line or even a, or even a, a phrase or a word or something. Uh, uh, it's, it can be anything really. The, the whole idea is to write everything down and don't throw anything away. That is the, uh, that's the only thing, uh, uh, that always is, is the answer, write everything down and never throw anything away. Right. That's great advice. Um, so (laughs) this is a nice segue into, um, your EP, Wrong Within, uh, came out in 2020. Yeah. Um, did that come out during the pandemic? Oh, smack dab in the middle of it. Actually, it was uh, 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 it was supposed to come out in March. Um, and uh, we had, uh, you know, tour dates lined up and, and everything. And the whole world closed. And so we decided to sit on it for, you know, what, four months? Um, and, uh, finally I just got so impatient. I was like, well, let's just put it out and hope that this thing blows over. Um, and <laughs> you know, uh, that, that was not, you know, the case. Right. Um, so instead, you know, uh, as, as we were all just, uh, holed up in our homes, um, I decided to, you know, um, just go right back into the studio and start working on the next one. Well, you'll just have even more new material to play when you can go back to tour. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's really, uh, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just excited about the new stuff. I mean, it's, uh, you know, I, I, I love the, the EP, but um, you know, we'd been knocking, we'd been, we'd been tooling around with the, those songs for, for a while. And uh, um, my producer drummer is so meticulous. Um, we probably spent too much time in the production and the mixing of the EP to begin with. So I was really ready to put it out and to even have to sit on it for uh, four weeks, let alone four months was excruciating. Um, And so uh, I was just thrilled to just, you know, move forward with, uh, with the new material. So you, you just led me to my next question. So you said my producer drummer. So when we're listening to, either clean break or uh, wrong within how many instruments are we really hearing? There's the drum, there's you on guitar. What else is, uh, do you have other band members or? Well, the EP um, was just uh, bass drums uh, and me on vocals and guitar. 
Mm-hmm. Um, you know, sometimes I would double track the guitar or play a rhythm under my solos, that kind of thing. On a couple of tracks, we uh, uh, used the services of a of an organist or a, or a keyboard player to, you know, fill out the sound. Um, but uh, but it's but it's mainly just a a, a, a three piece band. Uh, for the new band, for the new one, we um, incorporated the um, the assistance of a of a second guitar player, um, and uh, and that's what you're going to be hearing on the new one is is uh, is two guitars, um, vo- myself on vocals and bass and drums, um, and uh, the, the new one has a bit more um, production involved. There's a string uh, string section on um, on one of the tracks and uh, nice and uh, you know just it's it's a little more varied stylistically than the than the last one with some acoustic tracks and um, and uh, that that kind of thing. Um, so it's a it's a little more uh, it it really it, it features the breadth of what I do uh, a little more than than the hyper focused uh, EP which was just meat and potatoes rock. Andre, are you arranging the, the strings? No, actually, uh, my bass player is. He's a, uh, he's a uh, wonderful um, musician um, and uh, 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 music school graduate. Uh, and uh, this is, um, you know, he really, uh, he's, he's incredibly talented, a guy named Gary Watt, uh, Gary Wicks. And, um, and uh, uh, he's, um, he's arranging the strings for the, the, the track, Don't Follow the Lights. And you kind of have the final say on like, yeah, I like that. But like, hey, can we do this right here and kind of bring it down or whatever? Yes. Yeah, you can still color. That's awesome. I love uh, a, a wonderful circle of friends that can support each other. Yeah, well, I'm lucky in that, you know, my, uh, the, the musicians in my band are very versatile, extremely talented. And, uh, and they're, um, you know, they're they're uh, uh, just incredibly, um, uh, uh, you know, very talented people. You said your daughter's four. Yes. Now is she showing signs of like you know playing the spoons or the tambourine around the table yet? Or oh, she has her own guitar. Oh my gosh! <laughs> it's a little ukulele, uh, uh, and uh, we play songs together. And uh, you know, it's funny. Um, uh, I, I mean, you know, she's still only four, so I, I don't push it on her. Um, sure. But uh, I should say the, you know, the, the, I don't push it on her yet <laughs> because the way I grew up, um, I grew up in a very musical family. My mom's um, seven brothers and sisters were all um, in a vocal group together, um, uh, similar to what, you know, uh, uh, I guess you would say, you know, similar to maybe somewhere between the, the Jackson five and the Osmonds, you know, um, and they were on Capitol records and, um, uh, they did all the variety shows of the day, Mike Douglas, Ed Sullivan. Um, and, uh, and so I grew up in that environment and, uh, uh, you know, all my aunts and uncles, extremely talented. Um, and so when it came to, uh, uh, growing up, um, you know, it really wasn't an issue about, do you want to play an instrument? It's which instrument are you going to play? Right. And as it turned out, I, I took lessons uh, uh, starting with piano, then moved on to drums, played drums for many uh, years, uh, lessons. And then uh, by the time I uh, was a teenager, I wanted to, you know, become a guitar player. And so, you know, from that point on, I, I, I played guitar. Do you do you ever uh, gravitate towards the piano to write any of your music? Sure, oh, okay. sure. I've written songs on piano before. I'm not. Uh, it's not. Um, I you know. Uh, I I I'm not a I'm not a great piano player. Um, but uh, I I've written I've written parts and I can peck out melodies on the piano. Um, but it's not really. It's not something that I feel I'm strong enough on. Um, to uh, to really uh, uh, utilize for songwriting, um, as I said, I can I can I can write melody on uh, on a piano, but um, you know piano players are 
are uh, 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 wonderful. And, and, you know, really when, when I, when I want piano or organ, I go, I go to the professionals. Right. 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 Um, so on wrong within there's, there's great, great songs on there. Son of a gun, firebird <laughs> out of control, which has one of my favorite lyrics, I think, which is sold my soul for rock and roll forever an asshole. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. mean, just kind of singularly like, plus the, the, the baseline, the melodies are so uh, infectious and like, I don't know, it's, it's power yet. It has like a hook. It has, it's, it's really great stuff. I'm, I'm really excited to hear. Cause now that you say that I, between listening to Wrong Within and Clean Break, Clean Break does sound, I guess, now that I think about it, a little fuller. Um, so I'm really excited to hear the rest of what that album sounds like, especially with strings and everything else. That's that's really exciting. Yeah, yeah. Well, I would say that the difference between the uh, the two, uh, as I as I mentioned previously, that I, I think of Wrong Within as very much a um, uh, sort of meat and potatoes, Midwestern blues-based rock, um, whereas the new one definitely is more um, has some a lot more modern rock and um, up-tempo tracks. Um, uh, uh, definitely some with more of a modern rock edge, as well as um, you know touches on some of my um, acoustic influences, uh, some of my more um, uh, even punk rock influences. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, I, I definitely, you know, am, am uh, um, exploring, you know, some of the other uh, uh, genres and, and, and loves of music that, that I've, you know, had my, my whole life. What, what's happening this, the rest of this, like summer, fall, winter, are we kind of with the drummer, friend, producer, like mapping out, like, possible outdoor inside uh, engagements a possible like cd release party with people yeah yeah no we're going to be doing a um a cd release party at the beginning in uh, early august at the viper room in in los angeles um that's uh we're actually just you know i was on the uh phone excuse me earlier with our with our booking agent um as they're we're talking with viper right now to lock in a date still confirming that um but it looks like it's going to be the either the first or the second weekend of august and um you know uh we're we're working on an east coast run um i definitely want to play new york new jersey connecticut and uh branch out from there um all of my band other than myself are east coast um uh expats uh, they're all from either New York, Long Island, or Boston, and so they're they're really chomping at the bit to uh, get back to the East Coast and and play for their friends. And of course, you know, I I lived out in New Jersey and New York for for many years in the '90s, and still have a strong fan base um, there that I'm looking forward to playing to. Um, and uh, you know, I'd like to work my way all the way down to Florida, frankly, um, uh, as it's a uh, it's a, uh, a, a run of, uh, of great um, uh, clubs that I've done many times, you know, all the way down. Um, and that includes Washington, D.C., I guess you could say, uh, as that's also in the uh, in that same four hour vicinity of, um, you know, that's what's great about um, playing out there is the so many cities in, in a, in a very, uh, reachable, uh, uh, radius, um, that, uh, you know, here in, in, in LA, you know, there, there are some, there are a lot of B towns, but not, um, it's not like, it's not like the East coast where there's, you know, A-list cities, uh, you know, numerous in, in a four hour radius. Yeah. Um, so, you got to come to the 930 Club in Washington. Oh, sure. Or maybe the Birchmere in Alexandria, Virginia. I yes, was going to say. I'm very familiar with it. I played 930 uh, back in the 90s. I, <laughs> I, I was going to say, you took the words out of my mouth. You got to come to D.C. We got great venues. <laughs> um, the 930 Club is where we saw Loretta Lynn. Oh, yeah. Great. Oh. 
amongst other things yeah we've seen lots of stuff there that was just kind of an incredible night because we were like is, is loretta lynn really going to be the 930 club should we go did yeah. you play with um jack white's band no it actually no but it, it was right it was probably a couple years after that um played a lot of those songs yes and she also i we noted this she went through almost the entire performance without drinking any water any water amazing blows my mind and after the first song she's wearing clearly a, a like a sequence gown that looked like it was from sears and after the first song me and steven snuck our way to the very front of the 930 club like lip of the audience because we just acted like we were like you know vips and we get up there and after the first song loretta lynn turned around to her band and she said boys you got to slow down. I plan on staying here a while. <laughs> <laughs> and so of course, awesome. when she came back to Washington to play at the Lincoln Theater, which is, I think, around U Street, I got tickets for my parents who are, of course, from the country and much older than me. And they just were in heaven. So I'll bring my parents to the 930 Club to see Andre. <laughs> <laughs> Please do. Please do. No, I'm a, I'm a big fan of, uh, of old country uh, some of the very best um, music ever written uh, is um, old country, old blues. Uh, uh, you know, it's so funny that um, the that music from the 50s and 60s, you know, the only the, the labels really don't mean much because R&B, um, country, blues, you know, really that's a those labels were given to them by the marketing departments of the record labels. Uh, because really, when it boils down to it, the only thing that's different, the only thing that's different often uh, is the color of the of the performer's skin. Um, uh, the 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 music itself is all so genuine and uh, so uh, amazing. Um, so um, I, you know, that's that's my uh, that's my favorite music is is vintage music from uh, 50s, 60s. Right now, I'm in a big 50s blues kick. Uh, can't get enough of it. Well, I will bring up the fact that I just finished directing Always Patsy Cline here in Virginia. Oh. And my great uncle played in the band of Patsy and my great aunt did her hair. Um, but anyway. How if, cool is that? What did your uncle play? Uh, he played the steel guitar. Oh my gosh. Yeah. He was uh, Patsy Cline's steel guitar player? Well, you know, it's one of those things where he ran, he went to her with her to Nashville on a couple of gigs and did lots of gigging with her. But I don't think she ever had the exact same band, of course, every time. Uh huh. So he wasn't like, a, you know, a, an elite part of the band. He was just one that played, you know, many, many times with her. Because I think Rainbow Road at Rainbow Road, I think, you know, she would have different. Of course, if she traveled someplace, I think the band would be from there from like yeah Texas that's right that's how they used to do it often mm -hmm. gig, gig musicians yeah yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. but my yeah but my grandmother would watch the kids as patsy and ralph lamp went off to nashville <laughs> yeah, that's amazing man that's that's super cool because i'm from winchester which is where she's from but i don't know anything about the viper room or an opening night of like an album so like if we go to the viper room which we're not going to <laughs> but but if we were to experience this over our podcast does like do you have someone like announce like one track to drop so people can like have a listening to it is there are you there sitting there signing uh, the album or does it just play in the background the entire time or is it just a big party we are listening to the dave matthews band oh none of the above a record release party is a, is a performance celebrating the release of a record it's it's often the 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 actual the 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 record that you're that you're promoting isn't being played on the on the overheads it's uh it's it's a live performance more often than not that's how you know that's that's been my experience and then life. people are just getting the album and that yeah it's really just a it's just a show to promote the release of the record it's it's really not um uh the the the, the record itself is is you know it i mean hopefully we'll have physical copies of it but now nowadays uh, that's even become kind of a thing of the past. Uh, you know, but CDs, I don't even own a CD player anymore. And um, uh, most people I know don't. It's all digital and everything's a file. Um, so, you know, we're, um, we're still, you know, I, if anything, I would love to, to print up some vinyl of the new record. Yeah. But um, 
but that's that's you know that's a whole other uh, uh, kettle of fish. As it's it, vinyl can be very expensive, and and uh, uh, you know, so so it's I'm not I'm not quite there yet as as to what uh, how what you know the physical release will be, other than just the digital, um, because that's how most people consume music. Right. Spotify. They don't even buy it anymore. They just listen to it. They right. stream it. And you get like a, a half a cent. It's it's terrible. It's absolutely awful. Um, I was going to say before you brought it up, I was like, you know, though, vinyl's really coming back. Of course um, it is. It's great. But, the, you know, it's, it's, a big it's very expensive. Collectors. It's a big deal to collectors. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, you know, the, there's only one out of one, every 100 music listeners collects vinyl. Yeah, if that. I would probably. say, yeah, exactly. I would say that's probably even a, a smaller number. One out of every 300 music listeners, you know, 500 yeah. music listeners. So so you're really appealing to a very, very small uh, uh, audience when you when you print up vinyl. They're rabid. They lo- they'll buy anything sight unseen or heard in that in this uh, instance. Um, but uh, but yeah, you know, I mean, like uh, I. <laughs> Uh, I have albums that, you know, I've never opened because I don't have a working record player right now. Right. I'm, I'm embarrassed to say this. I shouldn't I shouldn't admit that. Well, I'll, <laughs> I'll admit we have a record player, but we don't know how to hook, hook, hook it, it up. up. <laughs> it's really, that's even worse. Uh, it's, got, it's got a few wires that are loose. Yeah, we, we got to look into that. So I have to tell you, in my, my other life, in my day job, I work for a, a community organization that... Um, I help do events for them. And so this, this has to do with your record release and touring and everything. We have our first, um, like back in person. We, we, for 25 years, the organization has done a blues festival. Oh, cool. And, uh, so we have our first in-person back. Now it's very limited space, limited amounts of people there and socially distanced, but you know, so we have blues artists from all over the DMV area who are going to perform and, I was just at the site today, kind of just making sure all my ducks are in a row. And it's just the weirdest thing. You must be, I I don't know if you feel the same way, but it's the weirdest thing trying to think about coming back and, okay, wait, this is actually happening in person. Got it. Uh, Well, I got a bit of a jump start on it because I played in, uh, I played um, in Texas. I did a couple of, um, weeks of shows in texas back in um in may um, okay and uh and so i i and you know uh they they were they were pretty much wide open over there um uh and so i kind of got used to it to be perfectly honest with you i mean I, i've been fully vaccinated for months now and uh and so i'm i'm uh you know i got a taste for it uh and now it's all you know uh, and as of um, yesterday, LA is fully open now as well. But you know, um, I'm just uh, I, I've I've just been ready for this reopening for you know months and months and months. And uh, and so you know, I'm I'm uh, I'm a little bit ahead of the curve in that um, uh, I played some red states that you know uh, were uh, wide open before everyone else and. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm ready to go. I mean, uh, you know, obviously you try to be careful. You try to be safe. Uh, I wash my hands a lot. I'm less, I'm less um, uh, uh, prone to, you know, uh, handshakes and physical contact with, with strangers. But, um, but, you know, uh, as far as uh, any sort of, um, you know, I, I'm just ready to try to return to normal. Or, or at least uh, previously, uh, uh, what we previously considered normal. Right, right. Um, so, just just speaking of that, you and COVID, uh, you you just basically had a reunion with your cast of the Real World uh, that aired earlier this year, um, in which one of your cast mem- members, uh, Eric, could not join you due to COVID. Um, so first of all, the reunion was amazing um, and it's making huge waves. Um, lots of articles, things I've seen about it. It, it must have been strange. Um, but also 
have I, I think Eric's okay now, but like, was that kind of just a scary moment? Like, oh my God, one of us, you know, came down with this. I mean, what well, was that? Well, you know, I'll be, yes. I mean, obviously it's always scary. You never know how it's going to affect somebody. Um, uh, uh, but, you know, uh, numerous uh, cast members have uh, had, had um, uh, come down with it previous, uh, prior to filming. Um, obviously it was a big disappointment to know that Eric would be sequestered the entire shoot and couldn't join us. Um, it changed the chemistry, changed the, uh, the dynamic, um, without him there, it would have been much, uh, uh, better had he been able to join us in person. Um, but, um, you know, uh, uh, the you know covid was a was a real um uh, a terrible disease and eric uh, i should say is the absolute picture of health right he is you know there there is no finer human specimen than eric he's i mean he's an athlete he's truly a uh, uh, uh you know a, a a really healthy person uh who lives his life accordingly uh um you know and so, you know, he managed um, to uh, uh, weather the, the storm better than anyone I know who caught COVID, um, including myself. I caught it uh, back in early, early 2020. Um, and it, you know, it devastated me. Um, and uh, it was a, a, a terrible, and I try to be healthy, you know, uh, 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 you know, um, but uh, it was a, uh, it's, it's a very serious disease and um, uh, not anything that, you know, should be taken lightly. Um, uh, so, you know, uh, we were all uh, uh, very careful, very safe. At the time we shot it in early July of this year, or excuse me, early January of this year, um, uh, it was still unclear um, whether or not uh, uh, we were gonna, you know, that vaccines were going to be readily available that um uh that that they would even be um uh uh you know that 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 they would even work to be perfectly honest i mean sure we saw the figures but um you know there was just so much uh, uh, so much that was unclear unsure um and uh and you know we were being covid tested sometimes twice a day we were being covid tested every day um and uh you know there were there were stoppages, production stoppages as crew, not, not crew members, but people involved with the production. Um, a couple people had tested positive, so they cleared us all out. I mean, it was just a crazy experience um, doing this during this time of COVID. It was um, uh, uh, really just um, very, very strange and very unlike anything hopefully we ever have to deal with uh, in our lifetimes. Yeah, one thing to like be a pod of people initially living together, being filmed, but then to be like a real pod where like you really can't do much else. It must nothing, be. nothing else. So we were we were in New York two weeks prior to this, to the um, uh, starting of the shoot, and we were all sequestered in our own individual hotels. They did not put us in the the same hotel we were each in a different hotel for two weeks and we couldn't leave and we were you know in the greatest city in the world in the greatest neighborhood in the greatest city of the world and you couldn't do anything you wow. got all your food delivered yeah and uh you know i mean i watched the january 6th insurrection from you know my bathtub in the uh in the hotel room um and uh uh, uh, it was, um, <laughs> you know, it's crazy. Uh, uh, it was, it was very frustrating, you know, to be in this great city. Uh, I have a lot of friends there. I would have loved to have seen them, but nope, I couldn't leave. I couldn't do anything. I couldn't go out for a walk. And when I did, uh, go for a walk after, you know, production, um, the nights were unlike I've, anything I've ever experienced in New York because it, it was just so quiet and such a ghost town. Um, crazy time, man, crazy and, time. And January was like, the COVID rates were like at their peak. That's right. So, That's right. I mean, also 
there's a, a, how terrifying to be there kind of like a really, I mean, California was very bad as well. I know a lot of areas were, but like, yeah, I mean, it was, it was interesting watching uh, and reconnecting with all the characters so many years later, God, um, it, it, it must've, I mean, I, I know that maybe here and there over the past 30 years, maybe you've been in touch here and there with some of them, but, I mean, yeah, no, no, no. I, I, yeah, we were all in touch. I mean, not, you know, uh, uh, I, being that I live in, in Los Angeles, it's very much a destination city. So sooner or later, everyone comes to L.A. for whatever reason. And and I would make it a point to meet whomever for lunch, drinks, dinner when they're in town. Uh, I also travel to New York still quite often, either for work or music. And I would make it a point to call heather or kevin because they're in the new york area still um and uh um you know uh and norman was out here for many years um uh he lived out here he was here i you know i invited norm for uh to our housewarming party uh, uh when we bought our house in uh, 2012 and so yeah i mean you know I, I ran into everybody you know uh at some point um over the years and we had a running text thread where we would keep each other uh, abreast of what's new in our lives. Any any significant news we would share on this text thread, and and so yeah, I mean, uh, we did keep in touch, but uh, but but it, it had been you know thirty years since we were all in the same room together, all of us, um, and unfortunately, uh, that didn't that that still didn't come to pass because Eric couldn't join us. And then, right. and then Becky left. <laughs> and then Becky left. Yeah. Oh, that was, that was really sad. Um, yeah. And not going to dwell on that one. Um, <laughs> Good I, choice. I will Good say choice. that uh, <laughs> we, we kind of both think of you as one of the diplomats on the show. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's been said that I'm a voice of reason. So uh uh, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll take that as a, as a compliment. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, you know, Kevin called you the poet, um, which I agree with and love. Um, and, and, you know, Kevin is a real poet. So I take that as the highest compliment. Yes. I mean, and you know, this, this show, uh, the, the original show, um, was so groundbreaking and so, um, uh, uh, just I remember watching it uh, when I was a lot younger and just kind of thinking this is what my life is going to be like when I move out of the sticks into a city like these are I'm going to have friendships like this. I'm going to, you know, there there is something else out there. And even seeing Norm was such an inspiration to me of like that was groundbreaking. Yes. Yes. Norman absolutely was a very early, you know, LGBT pioneer on, on, on TV, you know, predated, uh, you know, everyone else, as far as I know, I mean, uh, certainly predated Alan or yeah. any of the gay icons that, uh, that we think of, uh, and Norman was absolutely one of the very first. Um, and, uh, yeah, you know, I mean, I, I, it's funny because, um, uh, I, uh, being, you know, uh, uh, being part of the of the first ever modern day reality show, um, it was a, it was a strange uh, uh, it was it was a very strange experience. Um, and uh, and, you know, at the time um, I had uh, some mixed emotions about it. I, I, I was and they weren't all great. Um, you know, it's w one of the things that's that's very difficult to to contend with is the, the fact that it was so successful, but we weren't really, you know, very well compensated for that, for the, the, the very first season of, of Real World. It was, you know, um, so, so that, was, that was difficult. And, and, um, uh, and, it, and it wasn't a great vehicle for music um, as, as the musicians on the show were not, were not treated um uh very well by the industry uh, uh as you know uh, they 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 
in some instances looked at us as as uh, usurpers and uh, and uh, you know circumventing the the gatekeepers. <laughs> You know, to to uh, jump the line, I guess you could say. So it um, didn't it didn't get Lazy Bones more play. Your your song. Oh, we single. got us tons of play. Are you kidding? We got oh, tons of play. And okay. and. Uh, um, but uh, MTV kind of resented it, or something. No, 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 not MTV. But but, but the music but the music business in in general. Gotcha. Uh, uh, you know they they wanted their bands on MTV, not some silly show in their eyes. Uh, and this band that was, again, in their eyes, undeserving because they didn't go through the normal channels. Well, so, and then so, your your show helped to create American Idol, funny enough. Right. Right. <laughs> of course. So. So, yeah. And then knowing what reality TV became, this gigantic behemoth, um, you know, it sort of tainted my perception of what I was. Um, uh, uh, what I had originally gotten involved in. Um, and I didn't watch the show for many years, um, but it, you know, it, but I always had good feelings towards my, my cast and even the, the, the pr production crew that I knew. Um, and, uh, and uh, as I said, we, we've kept in touch with, with many of those folks. Um, so, so when they came around and, and brought up the idea of re reuniting, I, I, you know, I, I mentioned it to my wife, who is considerably younger than I am. And although she'd seen clips of it, she'd never watched the show. So I dug it out. Uh, you know, I've got the DVDs of it. And, uh, and we sat there and binged on it. The whole 13 episodes of the original show. And, um, you know, I was so pleasantly surprised to, to realize that, you know, it was actually very good. And all of that, and that how how what reality TV became had changed my perception of what we had done, and it was an unfair characterization because what we did was actually quite substantive, real conversations, real uh, about real issues that that matter to people, and um, and I, I you know I I hadn't really. Um, I mean, I knew that, but part of me, you know, for whatever reason, had this sort of irrational uh, perception of, of, you know, uh, it, the weight, the crushing weight of what of the silliness of reality TV changed and soured my perception of, of what we did. And it's unfair because looking back at it, what we did was actually quite good. Um, and... Uh, and it was so nice to hear you and and many uh, people, many fans of the original show say, you know, I, I miss seeing these people. They're really interesting. This cast is, you know, good people and, and interesting uh, personalities. Um, and so, you know, that was a, a, a great uh, uh, I, I'm so pleased with the reaction of of the uh, reunion and um and the reception that we've gotten has been uh, has been um, really uh, uh, nice and and uh, welcome. Yeah, I mean, it's it's. I always was so interested in the musicians and the artists and the like, what everybody was about, you know. And it gave a great platform to kind of go, oh God, look at Norman's work as an artist. Look yeah. at your work in Rain Dance, and uh, you know, on and on. But. Everyone um, was an artist in my yeah. season, and it wasn't that way. Uh, they, they, uh, you know, the casting uh, departments of, of subsequent seasons uh, shied away from that a bit. Uh, uh, you know, they they began to get away from that sort of people with an artistic endeavor um, because maybe, well, you know, maybe they realized that you know it, it wasn't necessarily always good for the the, the artist. And and, you know, what they really wanted was was drama and um, and sexual hijinks, you know, hookups in hot tubs. Right. And um, and, uh, uh, you know, raging alcoholism, um, you know, and and uh, frankly, they didn't get that with us. What they got was, uh, you know, thoughtful conversation and um, and uh, maybe, uh, uh, you know, some uncomfortable um, uh, uh, confrontations.
Right. Um, and so, you know, that was that was another thing that, you know, uh, I believe that they uh, uh, had to, you know, sort of um, confront on their own, because I think that, you know, in, maybe I'm divulging a little too much here, but um, uh, in some instances, I think that their portrayal of certain characters, I say characters, um, uh, of certain people, cast members on my show, was unfair. And uh, uh, when in reality, what they were saying was, you know, just truth. And mm-hmm. maybe maybe we just weren't ready to hear that. Right. A, a, a lot of that is true with the Kevin conversations, because when you rewatch that now, you're like, no, he's right. He's, he's right. right. He's yep. right. Everything he said was right. Yep. And yep. and none of us were willing to, you know, wanted to hear it. None of you know, and and in in our in, in fairness, I mean, uh, it wasn't until the advent of social media where we've all got cameras and we see the injustices uh, play out time and time again, uh, where we see these um the abuses of power, uh, and um, and it just plays out one after another every day on the news and in social media. So um, to see it laid out so plainly in front of you, um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we were we were blissfully ignorant, weren't we? <laughs> you know, that's why it's it's really uh, I advise everyone if you haven't gone back and watched the first season. Do yourself a favor, only watch the first season. But anyway, <laughs> rewatch it because it's it's really a t- it's incredible time machine. Number one, yeah. number number two, the conversation frame has changed, my friends. Yeah. About you know, yet so many things have not. Um, so that's watch that on Paramount Plus and watch the reunion, please, because it's good TV um, and fascinating discussion again. Um, Andre, I'm looking at the time and I don't want to take too much more. We have like three final questions we ask everyone. Um, and so if I you, would take two. Matthew will take the first two. Okay. Okay. So during the pandemic, a lot of people started like learning French, baking bread. Did you also take on some sort of brand new educational experience that you had not had time for or, or, did, the, or did the family take up all that time? Wow. Um, I would say that, uh, uh, I didn't take on anything new. Um, if anything, I uh, I just got a little deeper into cooking. I love to cook, and uh, I got really into instructional cooking videos and uh, uh, tried a lot of new recipes and things like that. Uh, but that that's not exactly new. It's just something I just sort of uh, uh, you know elevated my uh, m- you know uh, cooking uh, uh, experience. I would say that. Um, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I wouldn't, I didn't, I don't think I took on anything new. Um, although, you know, being a parent of a, uh, uh, and, and I should say an older parent, first time parent, um, uh, that every day is a new experience. So, sure. uh, that, that, uh, that was, uh, also, uh, you know, uh, took up an enormous amount of energy and time. Did number two, did you and the fam take on a brand new series that you never thought you would watch in this time? It's like, oh, my gosh, we watched every episode of Pixar. (laughs) (laughs) Well, um, you know, uh, I I, I, sure we watched, you know, with with Sophie, we we watched a lot of uh, 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 shows on um, PBS, PBS Kids. I think that they're their stuff. Anything from the Sesame Workshop is. is uh, good uh, has good nutritional value for children, but um, as for my wife and I, uh, uh, we would uh, binge on um, on documentary style television from A and E. One of the big ones was Hoarders. Um, uh, we uh, <laughs> we really got into you know we we've always been you know fans of their of of A and E A and E's documentaries and uh, stuff like that and. And, uh, you know, the first 48 um, intervention, of course, and uh, and Hoarders is the most recent one. And that's one we're still kind of binging on at the moment. It's uh, I mean, not to not to um, use human tragedy as a source of entertainment, but uh, it's extremely compelling. It is. Stephen, I remember we watched one intervention where someone was addicted to like meth lollipops. It was so. 
Oh, I saw that one. I know exactly. And what she would crack about. her hips. She was crazy. Fentanyl lollipop. Fentanyl, yeah. Yes, it was. We could not stop watching, even though you know we have such empathy and sympathy. <laughs> uh, that was just bizarre. But that that shows the power of that drug, man. It warped her mind. Oh, um, completely, completely. She could feel energy coming off of people and bushes, and it was strange. Um, yeah, no. I, I can do that without fentanyl. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I, I advise you to stay away from the fentanyl. Again. Yeah, yeah. Absolute poison. We are a drug-free household. Good um, but, but I have a question. While you were watching Hoarders, did you start to think about the guitars in the closet or <laughs> the Well, you know what I did do? No, I didn't. You know, there's, uh, I, although I do have a large collection of musical gear and, and uh, guitars and, and, and uh, all that, um, we did, uh, it did inspire me to clean out the storage shed and <laughs> all of the, um, all the, the, the useless furniture and crap that we've had just, you know, collecting dust in the storage shed. I, it's funny that, uh, that you asked because we literally had a, uh, a junk hauling company come by and, you know, take uh, uh, a whole truckload of, of stuff for either donation or, um, or just straight up, you know, landfill. Um, uh, uh, and uh, we have been, you know, as I mentioned earlier, our house is small and, uh, uh, you know, it's important to, uh, to keep out the clutter. And, uh, so yes, uh, it did inspire, uh, uh, some, uh, you know, reevaluating of, uh, of what's needed and what's just clutter. See, Andre reality TV inspires <laughs> not all bad. Yeah. Well, you heard all it here first. <laughs> All right, my friend, the, the final question. Um, Matt is producing a, a colleague of ours a holiday album, and it's coming out this fall. It's called I Wish It So, and it's um, got us thinking a lot about uh, the word wish and what a wish really is, it, like a manifestation um, of what you could supplant the word wish with hope um, necessarily. But so I've been asking, collecting uh, all of my guests' wishes into this box that I decorated. I had the art skills of like uh, probably Sophie, um, so it's <laughs> it's not really high art. It's not about the box. It's about the contents. Yeah. Right. So we've been putting these wishes into this box, and we we're working with an artist, a real artist, who has a studio here in Arlington. Her name is Sushmita Mazumdar, and she's we're going to have an unboxing of the wishes. Uh, to coincide with this album release that will kind of give us a, a barometer of like just humankind, what, what it's been over the past year. Mm -hmm. um, and so then she's going to take these wishes and do something really cool with them on paper. And uh, there'll be a, like a exhibit display kind of thing. So I've been asking all of my guests um, first thing, top of your mind, if you had one wish, be it for yourself, your family, the country, the world, First thing that pops your mind, what would it be? Peace, serenity, and clarity. That's fantastic. Um, that's, yeah. We had one of our guests this week say vodka for everybody. Um, <laughs> I like both. That too. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. Peace, serenity, and ever clear. All right, Andre, we <laughs> love your music. We love what, you know, it's weird talking to someone that you watched on, on in your living room because you feel like you already know them and clearly you don't. You know, I'm sure that you run into lots of people all the time that feel like, oh my gosh, it's Andre from Real War. And you're like, no, 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 you don't know my life. Yeah, yeah. Well, Get that, away from that me, was crazy people. More true, more true in the, uh, in the 90s when, uh, you know, it's funny, MTV spoke to our generation in a way that nothing else did or ever has. And, uh, and so it was very much people in my generation that you know would approach and and you know i think that in some ways we were i was given short shift in the, on the uh, that original series so you know they had a a, a very uh limited uh uh take on on who i am and and so you know they would think that they know me but really what they knew was just a couple of frames of my life not really me right well, we enjoyed getting to know you a little better. We saw two more frames. Yeah, we saw a couple more. And we hope you have a beautiful night at the Viper Room. 
thank you so much. It was a pleasure speaking with you both. When you when you're at the nine thirty club, we're gonna be there. Sounds great. I'll let you know. Thanks, Andre. Thank you. Bye. Bye. such a great conversation with Andre Como. Um, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. Please check out the Real World Reunion on Paramount Plus and check out Andre's uh, newest single, Clean Break. Um, and the album's coming out in a nebulous time in July, August, something. Yep. As soon as we know, we'll post. But um, we love talking to you, Andre, and thank you for joining us. We're really honored. We hope everyone enjoyed listening. Yeah. And speaking of which, please rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast. It would really help us out a lot. If you don't know who we are or want to know a little more, uh, visit www.connorsmithmusicals. That's Connor with an E-R. Uh, or find us on Facebook, Connor and Smith. Um, We really, really loved our chat with Andre and are looking forward to seeing what happens with the album. Um, So as we always say, turn your heart into art. Good night, everybody. Good night.